Welcome to The Conscious Entrepreneur. I'm your host, Alex Raymond. This is the only podcast that is 100% dedicated to the well-being of entrepreneurs. Now, I know that being an entrepreneur is a long journey and it can be really tough. So on this show, we won't be sharing generic hero stories or talking about mythical unicorns. Instead, we'll get straight to the heart of what matters most, giving you tools and resources to grow, thrive, and succeed as an entrepreneur. Every week, I'll be speaking with incredible founders, CEOs, coaches, and authors to help you be more resilient and inspired as you build the business of your dreams. As entrepreneurs, we are rewarded for rational thinking, knowing our numbers, being able to analyze a market, and thinking big picture. So we spend a lot of time in our heads. But being in our heads can also make us feel stressed or anxious. We let our imaginations run wild and get the most of us. We brood, we get stuck in our thoughts, and sometimes we have a hard time getting out of there. What if there was a way to break out of the doom loop of anxiety, to calm down our nervous system, and to feel more alive? That's exactly what I'll be talking about in this episode with my guests, Jeff Benton and Brett Weinroth. They are the leaders of Paragon Performance Evolution, a company that blends the best of modern science and human behavior with timeless wisdom to deliver unprecedented results for their clients. We talk about how to tap into our heart's wisdom, rejuvenate ourselves, and give guidance when we need it the most. I really love this conversation with Jeff and Brett. They were both on stage with us at the inaugural Conscious Entrepreneur Summit in 2022, and I've been a keen follower of their work ever since. I hope you enjoy this episode of The Conscious Entrepreneur. Great. Hi, and welcome back to The Conscious Entrepreneur. My guests today are Jeff Benton and Brett Weinroth. They are partners in Paragon Performance Evolution, which is a company that really helps entrepreneurs and executives get through roadblocks in their life, overcome friction points, and reach their maximum potential. They work with amazing companies all around the world and have just done such tremendous work at matching heart and mind and showing up as a full-body superhero. So I'm really excited to have Jeff and Brett here on the show. Good to see you both. Good to see Great you. Great to see you, Alex. Thanks for that intro. God, we haven't seen you since uh, your first amazing uh, summit, which we were we were honored to be a part of, truly. And I yeah. saw your lineup this year with Keith and a bunch of others. I mean, it, it just keeps getting better and better. Uh, it does. So Conscious Entrepreneur Summit, number one, you guys were both there. You did that talk on uh, heart-body, heart-mind connection. And this was in May of 2022 in Denver. This year, 2023, we had 200 people, so twice as big, uh, wow. and we we hosted up in Boulder. The speaker lineup was was incredible, but most importantly, like people are just feeling connected, and we're giving them tools and ideas and resources on how to be more effective as entrepreneurs. And so, mm -hmm. you know, I love doing that. I love that mission. I love having folks like the two of you in support of it, and being able to highlight the work that that you're doing because you know one of the problems that entrepreneurs get into and you know I certainly include myself is someone who has this problem is I get living all up in my head I get stuck in my head hyper analytical rational 
I ruminate on stuff. I get stuck in these typical thought patterns and the techniques that you brought last year that I want to hear more about were breathing, breath, embodiment, feel the entire body. And then you also talk so much about the heart and developing heart coherence and uh, managing heart rate variability and just being in tune with other parts of the body. So I just want to open up by saying, I think this is so valuable for entrepreneurs. You have both done so much study between, you know, meditating and HeartMath Institute and Joe Dispenza's work and, and all the other places that you've learned from. Um, I would love if you could synthesize, you know, what have you learned in your experience of working with so many companies and entrepreneurs? And how are you informing the typical entrepreneur who wants to get out of their head and feel more alive? It's a great question, Alex. Um, I appreciate that we have the space to talk about it. Jeff and I are really passionate about this. I, I think the simple, the simple, you know, answer to that is when we're stressed, to remind people, leaders, members of teams, the stress is not in the circumstance causing the stress. The you know the stressor, as we like to say, the stress actually is in your body, and when you understand that. It's a physiological reaction that then triggers a psychological reaction, right? In terms of the way the heart communicates with the brain. And we actually have control over our bodies. We have ownership, right? Over this amazing vessel. And if, and that, that was an aha for us as we went through our own personal experiences to adopt these techniques as part of our own routines, but now being, you know, now teaching it on a, regular basis to leaders, to teams is understanding the role that their emotions play and how it's connected to their physiology. And I think when we pass along that little nugget, the bulb gets a, just a smidge brighter for people that go through our programs. I'm simplifying it, obviously. So um, that was, that was the stress is not the stressor. So the thing that I think is getting me worked up. And it could be something as simple as traffic, or it could be a big deal like a team member is quitting to go work for another company or, you know, some big thing in an entrepreneur's mind. I've got to separate the situation from my reaction to the situation. Is that what I'm hearing you say? Yeah. Yeah. exactly. And it's one of our favorite things that has really resonated that like Brett said, the stress lives in the body and not in the circumstance. And the beautiful thing about that is we can always shift uh, the chemicals in our body, right? We're truly the creators of our own world. So as you mentioned, HeartMath has been a beautiful partner. We always want to give them a shout out because there's so much of our, our teachings, our program, our inspiration. And these tools and techniques that they have developed over 30 years you know, one, we love it because it's all based on peer reviewed research, right? Science with Stanford and Department of Defense and Harvard. But they are tools and techniques that entrepreneurs, conscious entrepreneurs, everybody can use in real time and within minutes. And, you know, so much of our work, even at a global level, is just explaining what happens when we're in a stress response, right? So when we feel stressed, we limit key parts of the brain, in particular, our frontal cortex, which is the smart thinking part of the brain. So 
are, are you know we're limited in our problem solving in our communication you know a number of other things and also our ability to have empathy and see somebody else's point of view right and so even when we work with diversity equity inclusion or when we do work with the global first ladies or G20 or UN we say we can we can create all the policy change and it's beautiful all the events um all the networking but if we don't teach people how to get out of a stress response they're going to be limited in how they can show up and this is just science and the beautiful thing is we've seen it with thousands and thousands and thousands of executives as we teach them these tools and techniques and they go from a stress response to a more optimal state which we call coherence it literally enables them to think more clearly, communicate more effectively, and have deeper empathy. And, you know, we, Brett and I like to say we do high performance and leadership resiliency, but it's really a Trojan horse to increase consciousness and awareness of leaders. And we see that when leaders start to do these tools and techniques, and also, you know, buy into our overall teachings, right? Around, you know, humanity and how they can contribute. As they start to relate to themselves differently, they relate to others differently and they start to make better decisions beyond themselves, right? Because again, when we're in that fight or flight, that stressed out state, our brain is wired to survive and it looks for threats. And until we make a conscious choice to then have gratitude, joy, presence, collaboration, connection beyond ourselves. It just doesn't happen. But the minute we lead programs that create this and each individual chooses this, they start to build new neurological networks that then support it, right? That this is actually a good thing. Mm. And so, so stress not only makes me feel agitated, I already know it's bad for my health. What you're telling me is stress makes me dumber because <laughs> it's turning off parts of my brain that are useful for problem solving and communication and creative thinking. And it activates my stress response, my threat response even more. So I feel more threatened. I feel I, I probably become more vigilant of threats or more sensitive to potential threats. And so if I, if I'm not interrupting that, then I'm going down a very difficult path. And what we're what we're trying to do and, and, and what hopefully we can learn from you guys on is how can I interrupt that pattern? How can I then well, you use the word awareness, Jeff? How can I become more aware of what's happening and therefore step into a different frame of mind? Yeah, exactly. And uh, as we talk about this path of evolution or self-mastery, the number one thing is to have awareness of our thoughts and emotions. Because without that, we can't change. And it sounds simple, but it's as simple as hard as that. And then the second thing is to have these tools and techniques, right? To shift into a more optimal state. And Brett's actually going to lead us through one at the end of the session. But one of the things I was going to say is we've done a lot of uh, data uh, simulations around this and, and also our partners in HeartMath. And one of the ones we always share is um, they worked with first responders and they put them through a um, sort of a high stress situation, a, a simulation. And after they went through the simulation, it wasn't even real a simulation, their heart rate stayed elevated for many hours, some up to six to eight hours. 
And so when our heart rate is elevated, right, it's beating up our bodies. Again, it's impairing key brain functions. And as we've seen in the media, you know, our law enforcement and SWAT teams, they're under so much stress, they're making some poor decisions, right? And so after they were taught the tools and techniques for four weeks, and then they went through the simulation, this high stress simulation again, they were able to reduce their stress response from many hours to just a few minutes. So think how powerful that is, right? And it, our, our bodies don't know the difference, right? So if it's a SWAT team member, a first responder, or if it's somebody in the office getting an email that really makes them mad, our body reacts the same way, right? We're constantly going into that fight or flight when we're not in danger. And, and the, the personal component of this is so important when you think about an entrepreneur and all the pressure they're under to keep a business you know, afloat to generate profitability, especially if they have investors to keep their team members engaged, to keep their customers happy. If they have stress and strife outside of their work, outside of the business, within their family, whether it's with kids, family members, what have you, those emotions are being carried through into everything they're doing in the business. They just don't always realize it. Right. And so, as Jeff said, if you have a moment of anger or frustration and it starts at home, you have you know young adults or teenagers like I do and you have something going on there the impact that it can have when you try to transition into your professional you know when you put your professional hat on you just can't flip the switch on and off because the chemicals in your body don't know the difference and well, if we it, do this over and over again we have these patterns that the brain constantly goes back to we call them a baseline yeah. right and so if there're things that trigger you in your life and you don't know how to sh shut off the stress response, you're just going to constantly be in this space where you're, you're inhibiting your ability to be the best version of you. Mm. Right. So when we go through the programs, it's like, imagine those days where you feel like you're in flow. You're just killing it. Everything is, every meeting is going well. Your communication is clear and direct. Deals are happening. And now imagine a better version of that version of you, right? You're handling things with grace and ease. And what we find is for most leaders that happens, but it doesn't happen with a con with consistency. It might be the adrenaline that carries them. Um, it might be a fleeting moment that they're trying to recapture. And so instead they're just persisting, they're pushing, they're pressing They're, you know, it's the, it has to be hard. <laughs> the suffering it's not their default them. state and, and their, their baseline, state. their baseline could be lower. And, you know, like, it, Brett, so if I take what, what you were just saying there, um, you know, there's multiple situations because there's, you know, everyone has different roles. So maybe I'm doing one thing in the family in the morning and I've got, and I've got work and I've got other stuff. You know, if I, if I uh, reflect back on what Jeff was just saying, also, if my heart is still stressed and accelerated from something that happened at one point in the day, I can essentially be carrying that stress with me into a whole new situation. So my, my fuse is shorter, right? My anxiety is up. I'm more likely to make a either a bad decision or say something that I haven't fully thought through, which can have damaging consequences. And that could have nothing to do with the situation I'm in. I have simply like carried everything from a previous stressful situation for me. So uh, I guess this means if we can learn to at least create some pauses and space between those experiences, that'll help us. But mo most importantly, if we can become aware of the triggers and what's actually happening, in our, in our mind, in our body, in our hearts, then that makes us even more effective. 
Did I get that right? It's a good summation. And and in those in the situation you just described, there's a lot of energy being spent on the past or worrying about the unknown of the future. And there's less time being spent in the present moment. One of the great things about the tools and the techniques that we are able to share with our clients is it actually helps not them not only come become more connected into their full body rather than just the mind, right? They get connected from the neck down, but they start to appreciate the present moment with more clarity, with more gratitude, with more appreciation. Because as we know, everything that's ever happened in our lives has happened in the present moment. Yeah. Yet we're burning so much of our fuel ruminating on a conversation we had yesterday or, you know, an argument we had with someone in our life that morning, or we're thinking about what's happening, you know, later in the day or tomorrow. And, and we're really not keeping our eye on the ball. And, and the body, our physiology is reacting to that accordingly, right? It's pumping the cortisol, the adrenaline, right? All these hormones that we associate with stress, which are great in moderation, right? As the research says, we need cortisol, we need adrenaline for, for certain things in our lives, but we don't want them in sixth gear all the time. And it blows my mind. It blows my mind to think that my body doesn't know what time it is. Meaning my body doesn't know if I have a thought, my body doesn't know if this is a past thought, a future thought or a present thought. And so I'm basically polluting my mind when I'm either dragging something up from the past or I'm projecting into the future about, oh, I have to have a tough conversation with such and such or whatever it is. All I'm doing is creating stress for my body now because it's not able to separate out what's actually happening from my imagined reality. Yeah, that's a that's a really good point, Alex. And when we go through our trainings, we always emphasize that. So we will, um, with these leadership teams, have each individual identify an ongoing stressor. And we'll ask them what it is, what emotion they feel, and how do they react to it. So one, by just doing that, but it creates greater awareness for them in the future, right? To be able to recognize it, to make another choice. And then we say to them, like, your body doesn't know the difference between the actual situation and a memory. So how many of you have just experienced that stress? And most of them raise their hand. And then it's an aha, right? And, you know, we always joke, like, you know, even Joe Dispenza always talks about, like, going up to the the angry guy and saying, why are you so angry? And, you know, the guy says, my mother-in-law said this to me 30 years ago, you know? <laughs> and, you know, we, we're just, uh, in, I mean, until we actually create awareness and consciousness of our thoughts and emotions, we're just being driven by the past, right? So we've got 60 to 70,000 thoughts, 90% are the na- same as the day before. Per day. Yeah. Per day, 60, <laughs> and then 70 to 80% are like detrimental or negative. And then, you know, 95% of our operating system, our thoughts, you know, actions are run by the subconscious. So if we don't create that awareness, it's Groundhog Day every day. We just keep recreating the past into the future, right? And you can't make changes there. And so with, with our tools and techniques and teachings, We've really seen amazing transformation in an expedited way. So that was, we have 60 to 70,000 individual thoughts per day, 90% of which are the same thoughts as I had yesterday. So I'm yeah. basically living 
on the, it's like the same scene, the same Groundhog Day. I'm living living next to the same noisy highway full of bullshit thoughts is what you're saying, <laughs> right? It's like built worry. in my backyard and it's constantly <laughs> yeah. going by. Right. And so knowing that, so knowing that statistic, like how do I interrupt? How do I, how do mm. I change that number to either reduce the number of thoughts, reduce the number of unhelpful thoughts, or reduce the number of thoughts that are the same as yesterday, meaning be more creative or, or access yeah. other areas. The beautiful thing is our brain is plastic and it's capable of changing. And so we, you know, we can rewire the brain to be a more optimal version of ourselves in the moment. And we do that by, through these tools and techniques, by helping people generate more coherence within their body. So, you know, coherence, um, normally is an interconnectedness of the parts or communication between the parts, right? We can have coherence, like within this technology we're using to tape this podcast, we have coherence within a team. If you watch like, you know, 11 members of a football team all operating, there's good coherence there. We're talking about physiological coherence and specifically the way the heart is communicating with the brain and the link that the link of the nervous system between those two. And so first thing we want to do is we want to activate the breaking component of our nervous system when we're feeling stress. It's called the parasympathetic branch. And we do that by slowing our breath down, right? Like when, you know, we know with little kids when they fall and they hyperventilate from the fall or the cut on their elbow, we just tell them to breathe, slow down. So first we want to slow the breathing down. We emphasize to focus on the area of the heart because where we place our attention is where we place our energy. So we want to shift the energy in the area of our heart. We can then send a signal to the nervous system that everything's okay. I know you're in a hurry for this meeting and this traffic is thick, but there's not a whole lot we can do about it. So there's no point in getting worked up. So we slow ourselves down. We bring ourselves more into the present moment. We give our bodies a chance to start the chemical shift that Jeff talked about. The second piece of that is, can we go from a an emotion that drains our energy, frustration, anger, irritation, into a more renewing state. And that could just be calm or ease. It might be gratitude or appreciation. If you can really get to joy or excitement about whatever it is, you know, you're about to go do, but we also need to be realistic. And, you know, we, we always talk about when we work with the military and, and they say, look, I, you know, I can't connect with that beach vacation or get into a place where I am feeling true passion or happy and we say, okay, can you connect with pride? Can you connect with honor? Can you connect with courage? All of these are renewing emotions. And when we combine the activation of the heart rhythm patterns into a more smooth, you know, rhythm that's sending a clear signal to the brain and we can then um, connect with a positive renewing emotion. Now we're turning there's about 1,400 physiological changes that happen in the body when we do this. 1,400? Including the release. This is what the research says. Including the release of the good chemicals, the oxytocin, right? Called the love chemical, the dopamine, um, something called DHEA, which is our vitality hormone. It's also known as your anti-aging hormone. And for the science geeks listening in, Jeff and I love this stuff. DHEA and cortisol come from the same precursor cell. If you raise your DHEA levels, you limit the overdrive of cortisol in your system in a wow. healthy way. And so 
if you do the techniques enough on a consistent basis, you will, your body and your mind will start to become used to this feeling of being renewed, being still, being calm, being present. Listen, <laughs> Jeff and I are go, go, go type A personalities, right? I mean, this is our background. We've got careers in business development where, you know, there was a lot of imposter syndrome. I know we're going to get into some of these topics when we talk about, you know, the life of an entrepreneur. Um, and so it was hard. I know for me, it was really hard when I started the, just the shift of being more mindful to just sit for a minute, <laughs> meditate. It was really challenging. Um, it was challenging to do or was this guy's transformation and I was inspired and I, I looked at it as we always say meditation is not supposed to be a competitive sport, but in a way it, it can be <laughs> if you comparing see someone, each other's meditations. <laughs> yeah. And so, and so what you're saying is, uh, if I'm, if I'm in a place where I'm feeling a high level of stress or frustration or anxiety, maybe I can't go straight to joy. <laughs> right? Or ecstasy, you know, sort of feelings. But if I can start to at least move up the pyramid, I'm doing myself a favor, it sounds like. And as far as I'm aware, when we do things like deep breathing, especially if your exhale is longer than your inhale, that's activating the parasympathetic nervous system, which is kind of removing the idea that there's a physical emergency happening. So I'm no longer in physical emergency mode. If I can then take my chemical cocktail of emotions. And like I said, maybe I can't go straight to the moon, but I can at least get to, like you were saying, can I get to pride or can I get to awareness or can I get to compassion or can I get to empathy? Those are all going to help me get out of whatever current state I find myself stuck in. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. And, and I think uh, at a higher level, what's beautiful is you know, we used to think the brain drove everything, but like when you talked about, we got that monkey mind, right? Or we're just fixated on something. We can actually influence the brain with our bodies, right? We sometimes cannot outthink ourselves to get ourselves into a different state because we get these ruts, right? These, these past, you know, automatic behaviors, but as we can you know, there's a couple different ways to get into coherence. You know, one is, and, and the listeners will be able to experience this right at the end, but as you focus your attention on the area of the heart, it sends different neural signals to the brain, right? So as we influence the quality of signals to the brain, it gets us into a deeper level of coherence. Another one, like Brett said, is if we can activate a positive renewing emotion, um, it starts to turn on all the good chemicals. And then there's some other ways to get in coherence. I mean, even doing squats, five seconds down, five seconds up. So a lot of times if we work again with military or folks where even feeling their hearts and feeling into their bodies can be really scary because it's new, doing the squats and, you know, there's something around the science of five seconds down and five seconds up that allows for that person to start to feel a level of coherence. Interesting. I, yeah. Interesting. I wonder if that's related to the six seconds in and six seconds out breath that's supposed to be quite equalizing. I don't know if that- It might be. Like heart math, sure. we, we incorporate a lot of different techniques. Heart math is a big believer of five seconds in, five seconds out. Mm. We also do a lot of 
uh, five seconds in through the nose, five seconds out through the mouth, because like you were saying, Alex, it activates the parasympathetic nervous system. But if somebody's depressed or low energy, actually their parasympathetic might be overly active. Mm -hmm. And so to do the five, seven would actually be detrimental for them. And so I need more of an energizing breath or something like you that. You want more energizing, even the five, okay. five. And I forget because I like both of us are just energizer bunnies. I forget that, you know, we're all, I'm always trying to calm down, you know, mm. to get, to get into that state. So, 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 so now that, now that we understand the, the theory and the background to this, uh, I'm really curious, how did you both personally decide to dedicate yourself to this? Like what happened in your lives, what happened in your careers? Like what, where did you get to the point where you thought, Hey, my, my mission here is to go make sure that other people can have coherence in their bodies and minds and lives. Yeah. yeah. Well, Judge, I always <laughs> call Jeff our mad scientist. Um, he, he's our, he's our big idea, our big idea guy in, in this partnership, but I'm, I'm, I'm grateful. Um, I mean, we, we each talk about our own personal journeys, um, you know, through the world of sports and entertainment and being in roles where we didn't always feel like, you know, we were worthy of them or the responsibilities that we were being given. Um, I remember it was about seven or eight years ago, we, we were building another business that was more business development driven, helping companies with growth and partnerships and strategy and things of that nature. And, um, even as we were working with clients in that business, we we were all, we were called in to usually over help them overcome some level of dysfunction, or they were in a financial rut, and we were kind of coming in to make it rain, kind of save the day for them. And so the first thing that we always noticed was we had to create some behavioral shifts in the way that they these leaders operated. Otherwise, they were just going to go back to the same patterns. You can't right? jump straight to solving the external problem. You have to do some internal work exactly. first. And, uh -huh. and so we, we would actually start to incorporate some of our the learnings that we were practicing in our own lives to take them through an exercise and their teams, by the way. It also helped us get a sense for all right, what are we actually working with here? Where are the biggest challenges? Right. Um, and I remember one day Jeff, Jeff called me and he was his you know hair was on fire. And he was talking about more consciousness, more awareness. You know, we need to really create more change for these senior leaders that we're representing, that we're working with. And I think we both benefited a lot from being part of organizations that were run by really successful people um, who seemingly had the perfect life on paper. And we saw the dysfunction kind of up close. And we also had a lot of friends that were, you know, entrepreneurs building businesses selling businesses and for whatever reason they weren't feeling you know the the internal reward of getting to that point they they were still running into hurdles in their kind of lives and i remember writing consciousness awareness senior leaders change the world on on a whiteboard and i candidly said to jeff man i love this because we're both students of human behavior we you know we're both athletes um you know Jeff knows I wanted to be a coach when I was younger. I thought it was going to be on the sideline of basketball court. So human behavior has been something we've been around athletes and entertainers and successful people since we were kids. And I was totally subscribing to this. Like, yeah, there's, there's an opportunity here for us, 
but man, my plate is so full right now. <laughs> like, how are we going to do this? And I, and I challenged him to please, could you construct it? Can you get whatever is in your brain onto at least paper so that I could then contemplate, uh, review and think about how do we operationalize this? How do we actually make this into a business so that we can put all of our attention towards it? And, um, you know, Jeff is always true to his word. He came back, you know, a few months later and there were some ideas on paper and, um, we, we, we were really fortunate, obviously, you know, the timing is everything, right? I mean, we really soft launched Paragon. What would you say? 2018 Jeff is when, yeah, probably even 17. Yeah. Yeah. Late 17, kind of into 18 as we were working on our other business. Um, and we really committed to it in 2019 and then obviously the world changed in, in mm. 2020, but, but a lot of it is the personal journey, Jeff. I think it's worth you sharing if you're open to it, just a little bit about kind of how these techniques became really relevant for you in your journey. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So like Brett said, we were, we were in the sports entertainment world and it was an amazing experience. And also, um, you know, in that world, outer appearance is, is highly valued. Right. And it's just part of the culture and part of our culture. And on my journey, I was fortunate to have these great jobs, uh, early on. And every time I got promoted, I felt more, uh, anxiety, imposter syndrome, you know, and I would literally, I could show up and kind of play the part with a mask on. But then on the weekends, I'd literally lock myself in my house for a day just to recover. And I didn't really, I was, I, and part of that was, I was just so empathetic and intuitive, but I didn't at that point see it as a gift. Right. And, um, and then I, my mom was not doing well. So I moved back to Denver and as the low point, uh, she took her life and I hit rock bottom. And at that point, um, any value that I placed on how I looked to the outside world went away. I just couldn't how old feel you when that. that happened. I was 35. Yeah. I was actually in Denver. I'd moved back to Denver from New York city. And, um, I just remember saying like, I just don't want to feel like this. I don't, I don't care what I do, what I look like. Like, I mean, I literally would have run down the street in a chicken outfit. I used to say, you know, I would have done anything to feel better. <laughs> and so <laughs> a lot of people, you know, just have described kind of what I've gone through as a spiritual journey, but it started with just wanting to feel different. It was so painful. And I, it was, I just didn't even feel comfortable in my body. I remember walking down Larimer street and feeling so disconnected from the world. And, um, it really scared me. And so a friend of mine introduced me to some of these tools and techniques that we share with our clients. And again, I had no other choice. I would have done anything. So I started to do them every day. And about three months into it, I can still remember this day. I woke up and I felt present. I felt some joy and I probably felt deep gratitude for the first time in my life. Because 
you know, growing up single mother and I looked at the world very adversarial. I was very much a fighter. And so anytime I would feel a renewing emotion, I felt I, it was a weakness that I'd be vulnerable. And two, I didn't deserve it. Right. And so I felt that and I was like, oh my God, like, and I realized like, if I could go from where I was to there, right. Feeling this, anybody could. And really because of that, and then sharing with Brett, I was like, again, if I can go there, anybody can, including all these CEOs and decision makers. And, you know, we also would talk about how these corporations had such control on our planet, you know, from healthcare, education, media, politics. And it was so driven by the ego. And some of it was just driven by their, their past behaviors and experiences. And because of their childhood and they never were educated around their own emotions or whatever, that bitterness or self-hatred was driving them to make really bad choices for humanity. And so we, you know, Brett and I just said, we're going to create a company that's going to influence leaders and change how they feel about themselves to make different decisions. And again, we're going to Trojan horse it through performance and leadership and these things. And I mean, the reality is the things we teach are the ultimate high performance tool when we feel present and joyful and grateful. And so, you know, from there, fast forward, like the pandemic, just the business exploded. And now we're fortunate. We work with uh, a lot of Fortune 500, YPO. We think we've done 35 YPO events in the last three years, professional Olympic athletes, military, special forces. We're training astronauts to get them into coherence. Whoa. We just led a, a couple hour session for global first ladies around the world. Um, and obviously they have their own challenges. And then the next step is to hopefully work with their administrations around mental health and some other, other things. But we've really seen thousands of people's lives change. And I think it was really important that Brett and I went through our own journey. Brett, I think you should share your journey because I think a lot of people yeah. relate to it. But um, yeah, and, and also what's great is these tools and techniques are just so simple. Um, and you don't, so it's, and you can do them in real time, right? And they just, they happen so quickly. Well, Je as Jeff was um, starting to introduce the techniques to me, we, ha we had a client, um, it was a large association whose leader, <laughs> wonderful person, incredibly talented. Um, she was really struggling though in board meetings. And, you know, we were there, we were there as their consultant to help them really kind of um, improve the business in, in a number of areas. And I was, you know, Jeff and I, during our kind of daily strategy sessions was talking about this client. And he said, the next time you're with them, I want you to just slow your heart rate down. And I want you to just focus on the center of your chest. And I want you to breathe calm into the air. And, and Alex, so I was not introduced. I had not yet been introduced he's to the telling heart to you. He's telling and I was you. wondering <laughs> if he was watching a, an episode of like Star Trek or something. And I said, well, you know, I looked at him a little sideways because I had just started my own mindfulness journey and so meditation hadn't, you know, it was, I was starting for it to become a daily part of my routine, but I, I was still a bit of a skeptic, right. On this whole approach, right. Remember I grew up with a dad from West Philly and you know, this, this emotions and meditation, this was not a part of my world as a kid. 
And so I said, okay, I'll try this. Um, cause I've watched, you know, Jeff in his own kind of transformation and I was inspired by it. And so I remember sitting in a meeting and I was like, okay, I'm going to breathe, focus, tension, my heart, breathe, calm into the air. And I, so I did this over a period of a few days. We were at an event together and I watched her. I could literally see her shoulders relax in these meetings. And she would even come up to me after, Hey, that idea that you shared with me on email last week, I think we ought to try that. And she just felt like she was more comfortable in her own skin. So I, I called him and I said, why, what is this? He said, no, 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 I'm not going to get into the science because you got to go meet our friends at the heart math Institute. So I went and I went to Boulder Creek, California, and I met our friend, Robert Browning, shout out Robert Browning, love you brother. And, and I had coffee with this, with Robert for about 90 minutes. And um, there was something about this person's energy that was unusual to me. And I, and I had met him on FaceTime a few times, Alex, but I had not met him in person. And I tell Jeff, I, I, I walked back across the street to my rental car, got in the car. And all of a sudden I felt tears streaming down my, my cheeks. I'd had a visceral reaction to being with this amazing person. I called Jeff. I said, you're never going to believe what's going on right now. And he said, oh, I know it. I know what's going on. And that was my first introduction to understanding the power of the heart, that the magnetic field of a, of a human being's heart and the emotional information that is carried in those waves, which is measurable by science, as we now know, was having an impact on me. And, you know, this journey to, to, do the work we're doing for us was um, I think was an evolution in the sense of like, how do we really serve? How do we help people? What are, what is our purpose in this lifetime? What are we trying to accomplish? It isn't about generating more, you know, abundance at the bottom line for our clients or more members or what have you, all that stuff is important and, and well and good, but what are we really trying to accomplish? And it's a, it's a, you know, a real purpose driven um, uh, commitment for us to help people change the way they experience the world. And Alex, I, I, I don't believe in coincidences, coincidences anymore, but at the beginning of the pandemic, our young adult son, he's now 21, um, had just graduated high school and he started to experience some real severe mental health challenges. And it was very scary. <clears throat> and, um, you know, they don't coach you on this as a parent. You, you just don't prepare when your child goes through health issues. And in that moment, after I'd been practicing these techniques for a long time and they'd been incorporated into my life, I truly appreciated in the moment why we're doing the work we're doing. That the universe, um, it's like as if the universe needed me to go through this experience on a personal level to more deeply connect with the people that we're touching through our business. and. Um, I noticed in that moment that I was incredibly calm and clear and thinking, you know, kind of like I was in flow, um, you know, in a moment where I probably years earlier would have been freaked out or gone into victim mode. And so while I don't wish anyone to go through what we're experiencing as a family, and I have a lot of compassion for our son and what he's experiencing, um, I do believe that there's a deep connection to the work that we're doing. And when we share these stories, as you know, because we shared them when we were on stage at your summit last year, um, you know, leading with that vulnerability, it changes the dynamic of the way that we get to interact with the people we're working with, some of whom are going to be a little skeptical or they're going to be in a fight or flight state and not open to the change. 
And wow, so, these are these are incredibly inspiring stories from 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 both of you, uh, Brett. I, I'm I'm really curious when when you met Robert Browning and then you went in the car and you started crying. Were you crying because you had touched something in you that you didn't previously know of? Were you crying because you had been in his aura and his aura was resonating with you? Or what do you think was, was cascading through you at that point in time? I feel like I'm on Alex's couch here. I don't know that I've ever done a deep dive like this on, on that's that a good experience. question. I, it's, it is a good question. I, it was probably a combination of both Alex. I think I just generally, I, I in energetically felt him. I felt this compassionate, loving human being. Um, I mean, he, you know, he's how many years at heart math, Jeff, 20, five plus. I mean, he's right. been there almost since the beginning. So got to give a you know, shout out to Shavakar, his and, wife. And She's Sheva, yeah, yeah. His amazing wife who, who, um, is a great friend and mentor of ours. I think it was a little bit of both. I think it touched something in me, Alex. I've always been an emotional person. I just could never connect the, you know, why I was emotional piece of it. Right. And I, and I, I feel like I've always been a caring person. It's not like I was totally shut off, but I didn't always have control over my emotions, especially as a kid, I was wound pretty tight. Um, and I just think that Robert's, yeah, I think his, his magnetic field was just resonating at a really high coherence frequency that touched me in a way. And I was just so grateful to be able to meet him and to spend time with him. And we had already kind of taken flight with Paragon. And so I think it all in that moment kind of came together for me like, wow, okay, I'm starting to really understand this at a deeper level. Awesome. Awesome. So, hey, can we, can we try it out? Yeah. You want, should we do a little technique? Yeah, I would love that. I would love that. And I do, I do have more conversation items, but I feel like this is a great time for us to give it a try. Awesome. Okay. So, um, you want me to set this up? So we're going to, yeah, I mean, let's set it up. We're going to, we're going to do something a little bit different right now. Instead of just talking, we're going to, we're going to go through an actual, uh, coherence session and Brett, you're going to lead this. Okay. So, right. We're going to do a technique. It's called quick coherence. And we are going to start with a little bit of the heart-focused breathing that we referenced earlier. Again, we want to shift the rhythms of the heart and send a clear neural signal to the brain. And then in the middle of that, I'm going to ask you to try to connect with a positive, renewing feeling. So something that provides you with a feeling of gratitude or joy. So Alex, what's something in your life that provides a feeling of appreciation or gratitude? Uh, the great work that we're doing at Conscious Entrepreneur. Amazing. Awesome. Okay. And so for the listeners, we're going to ask you to connect with something that's realistic in the moment. So if you're having one of those challenging days, um, be realistic. It might just be calm, something that provides a feeling of calm or ease. It could be a pet. I've got my dog here with me in the office, as she always is. Um, It could be a special memory, you know, from a vacation or just a place in nature. All right. So these are techniques. They're meant to be done with your eyes open as you experience life. But in these sessions, we always encourage people to close their eyes. If you're able, if you're driving and listening, obviously, please keep them open. And I'm just going to ask you to slow your breathing down. Just try to come into the present moment. And feel your body start to relax with each exhale. And now drop your attention to the center of your chest, the area of your heart. 
And I want you to imagine that your breath is flowing really easily in and out of your heart or your chest area. Try to breathe a little bit slower and a little bit deeper than normal. And on your inhales, breathe into the area of your heart as if that's the only place where the breath can flow in. On your exhales, breathe from the area of your heart as if that's the only place the breath can leave from. If it's comfortable, we'll encourage you to count to five as you inhale, breathing into your heart or chest area. Count to five as you exhale, breathing from the area of your heart. Or just find a rhythm that feels comfortable. So this shouldn't feel difficult. It shouldn't feel strained. If counting to five is a challenge, just find a cadence that works for you with an equal count on the inhale and the exhale. So you're just focusing on the area of your heart. Breathing a little bit slower and deeper than normal. You might even see if you can notice the subtlety of your heart beating or your pulse. And as you do, just make an attempt to connect with a positive or knowing feeling. This might be an emotion such as gratitude or joy. It might be a feeling of appreciation or care that you have for someone or something in your life. And just gently extend this renewing feeling to yourself. See if you can sense your heart opening up. And just share this positive renewing feeling throughout your entire body. Commit to sustaining this feeling. Just continue to breathe in and out of the center of your chest. You might feel some warmth in this part of your body. Just continue to radiate this renewing energy to yourself. Take a few more gentle deep breaths. Breathing in and out of the heart. And just try to check in with yourself here. Just see if you can notice maybe a deeper level of calm or peace, stillness within your body. And just know that it's, it's in this coherent place where we have the capacity to rejuvenate ourselves, to heal ourselves, and where we enable key centers within the brain to Synchronize for optimal functioning, better decision-making, clear thinking. Just know that this can become your natural state at all times, regardless of the circumstance or situation. And when you're ready, you can open your eyes. I, thank you. I thank felt, you. Um, I'll just give a quick reaction. I, I felt my 
shoulders kind of dip down. Actually, I felt my face like, you know, fall out and fall into more relaxed pose. And I, I felt my, my breath, you know, so, so my experience was I, I felt the breath relaxing and getting deeper, but I wasn't, I would say I wasn't able to continue, like keep it at the five seconds or thereabouts the whole time. There were times when I felt like I had to breathe a little bit more aggressively because I wasn't getting all the oxygen I wanted or getting all the carbon dioxide out. Uh, but it felt really calming around the heart. And now that I'm talking back to you both, I feel very sort of, I don't know, I feel very calm and at ease now in my, in my chair. That's Thank beautiful. you. Thank you for sharing that. How was it for you, Jeff? I love it every time. I mean, I feel completely at peace. My body feels great. I feel renewed. And you know what's Brett's done this great? so many times. He's seen people just like go whoosh. <laughs> I mean, we Listen, lead we people benefit from leading this. Yeah, go ahead. I mean, we lead people through this all day, so we're getting all the benefit. I mean, we always talk about how we're like different people than four years ago. Our nervous systems are like, who who are we now? You know. So it's a, it's a blessing. I mean, cause we are, you know, and we lead a global, so we have, we lead a global community call that we started during the pandemic and we were doing it every day, seven days a week. Now we do it on Tuesday and Fridays and we've had people that have literally been a part of it for four years. So we've been leading those calls. And then we do it, you know, with our clients and our team clients in private. But um, yeah, it's amazing. It works. It works. Uh, I, and, and this is something that, you know, like you were saying earlier, you can do this with your eyes open. You don't need to go in. You don't need to go sit in a meditation room or you don't need to separate yourself from whatever's happening. You can take this tool and immediately get the benefits of, of doing it. Uh, and, and I think that's just so effective, you know, right now. So. You can do it at your home office. You can do it in the car. You can do it in a meeting. If you feel yourself getting triggered or stressed and you're immediately going to be a better person um, because of it. So that's really, really cool. Hey, Jeff, I want to ask you about something I know that you're working on these days uh, that is that is related to this. I want to ask you about the Transformational Healing Alliance and what that means and what you are doing in that group. Yeah. So thank you for asking. Um, so I mentioned the group that we created four years ago to really support our Paragon community. And that included clients, friends, family. And our really our focus was to teach people how to self-regulate their emotions because, you know, with that, a lot of things change. And then we would teach them how to get into group coherence. And then we do some sharing, right, to create community and they got to take their mask off and the power of vulnerability and just being in a safe environment. And there were people that were struggling before the pandemic that were thriving during the pandemic within our group. And something else happened. People started to have healings around all types of health stuff. And so we, there was a gentleman that found out about it who Jason, who's an amazing guy, who's actually funding research at Harvard, Stanford, MD Anderson, and a number of other places. 
And it's all around healing beyond traditional means, uh, really this energy medicine. So we've taken it to the next level. So we still have our Tuesday Fridays, but every other Thursday, we have our it's official protocol where we have multiple healers and one healy, one person receiving the healing. And as part of the protocol that matches up with MD Anderson, a few others, um, it's individuals with chronic pain. And so that person does a pretty intensive uh, survey before, and then they give us feedback a day after, a week after, and 30 days after. And we've done, I think we've had six official ones that are, uh, that are a part of the data and uh, the research. And then after six months to a year, we're going to get a paper published by, you know, we've, we're talking to a few universities right now. And I'm always careful talking about this stuff because we're all on our own journey. But, you know, the first three or four people that had chronic pain for years have no chronic pain. Mm. And every time it happens, I know less about the healing process, right? And so <laughs> we actually had a group that's, uh, they've made some very famous documentaries and their next one is going to be around energy medicine. And so they interviewed us. And they said, well, what do you know about healing? And I said, not much, right? But with the surveys, and actually we have the Healy's, the Healy and healers wearing heart rate variability monitors to start to see patterns. And then when we do the in-person stuff, they wear these sense AIs to measure brainwaves. But basically I said to her, I said, hey, we're not focused on the healing, right? We're focused on teaching people how to self-regulate, right? And then to create group coherence and then just send love to a person. And we get to do this three days a week and there's no attachment to anything else. And our group, our group consists of doctors and CEOs and YPO members and all this. And one of them said on the other call, like, how special is it that we get to connect as a group this way and just send love, radiate love and gratitude out? Like, what else is there? And so we've seen these amazing results with the people receiving the healings and the healers that are part of our group have seen even better results. Right. <laughs> and wow. I'm telling wow. you, we, we have researchers from Harvard medical school and Stanford that thought it was all BS and they've seen their friends heal and now they're, they're all in. And again, so like one of the things we wanted to invite um, your amazing community is to our Tuesday, Friday, uh, coherence sessions, which are at yeah. 90 or 10 a.m. Mountain, 90 a.m. Pacific. And then also if they're interested in this energy medicine, you know, really healing beyond traditional means, it's every other Thursday at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern. Fantastic. Uh, let's certainly put the, let's certainly put the call out for that. We'll put out the bad signal. Uh, that sounds like a tremendous, sounds like a tremendous, uh, initiative. As we're as we're wrapping up here, uh, Jeff and Brett, I've got a couple of questions I'd love to get your your input on, and um, maybe I'll maybe I'll start with Brett for one, and then go to Jeff for another one, and so on. But uh, uh, you know, curious about a couple things since this is, this whole show, this whole sort of journey we're on is about conscious entrepreneurship. Curious to get your thoughts on if you have a definition or how you think about what it means to be a conscious entrepreneur. 
Yeah, thanks, Alex. Well, one, I th I think a conscious entrepreneur is heart centered. Um, you know, they they operate from a high level of emotional intelligence and awareness. And I would say a conscious entrepreneur is less concerned with maybe what others are thinking of them. And they're more focused on prioritizing how they're showing up in the moment. So their own state of being is important to them. I also think a conscious entrepreneur thinks of others in a more empathic or, or excuse me, empathetic or compassionate way. And as a leader, they're seeking to empower others rather than dictate. Right. I think that's, um, you know, pretty good, pretty good place to start. And, um, yeah, I think a conscious entrepreneur has a strong sense of themselves and they're inspired to just keep learning and growing and that legacy and purpose, that sort of a mindset is, you know, more of a priority than, you know, gathering assets or, you know, or, or financial gain or other, you know, things that come with success. Um, yeah, I think those are the first few things that come to mind when I think of a conscious entrepreneur, Jeff, I don't know if you want to pick I jump on in that. on this. Please uh, jump yeah. in. <laughs> I just, we just did a talk with a group. We were a keynote at a, at a graduation of diversity, equity, inclusion folks. And, um, one of the things we said is through our own journey, the, that personal growth equals professional success. So I know every time I went through a program around consciousness, spirituality, emotional intelligence, and I just became more evolved or however we want to define it, the outside world responded to me differently. And also we actually have a whole program of conscious leadership that we take our clients through. And it's, it's self-evolution to team evolution to community evolution. The, the first part, self-evolution, is all about each individual taking ownership of their own potential and responsibility for their own growth, right? And that includes awareness of thoughts and emotions and being able to regulate the nervous system. And then the number one thing for team dynamics, team mastery, is each individual taking responsibility for themselves. And once we do that, and then we go into the team piece, we see magic happen because then we, the, the, especially these executive teams, they're, they're all really talented, but they live in silos and they're at such a high state. And when they can take the mask off and we can start to do things around trust, safety, vulnerability, the teams literally can start to bend time and create the miraculous, right? And then from there, we go to community evolution. And we basically anoint them Jedi masters. And we say, because now you know the tools and teachings and how powerful they are, now you're responsible to bring these into your community and change other people's lives, families, teams, community partners. And we always share a vision with our clients, whoever the leader is. It's more than just touching them and their senior team. We literally do a diagram how they can influence hundreds of thousands of people. And so we do this with uh, one of our contacts who's a CHRO at an Ivy League school, who's an amazing conscious soul. We showed her beyond the senior team, how she can influ influence every student, every teacher, every alumni, right? And an entire community. And when you create a coherent community, really beautiful things start to change. Wow. And wonderful. Happen. That's, 
That's uh, that's great. Thank you. Thank you both. What are your, what are your personal practices like? So what do you do on a daily, weekly, monthly basis? I mean, I got, I got a sense about the, uh, the coherent, quick coherence, but, uh, what else, what else are you doing to maintain yourselves? Uh, so Brett's laughing. Cause it's like a, it's like a laundry list. <laughs> do we have enough time to go? <laughs> so <laughs> when I get up in the, the morning, I, I know what I do helps set the day. And so I will do sort of these binaural beats around like theta brainwaves. And then I will do about 30 minutes of like ritual prayer uh, manifestation stuff that I've just studied around the world, you know, with some oh, different. These are, these are homegrown uh, meditation and prayer uh, or things you, know, that you would get actually, from actually, you know, some for, through some of the teachers I've studied with around the world in more Vedic tradition or mystery school or Buddhism. Um, and I've really taken what lights up my heart because I've learned, you know, these rituals, at least this is my opinion. They can't be an intellectual exercise, right? You actually, they're used to ignite something within us. Um, because that's how we, we open ourselves up and then we're able to influence others. Right. And so I think a lot of people have taken prayer or other things as this intellectual exercise and they're not seeing shifts. And really our language to the universe, God's source is through our feelings, right? And it's really interesting that quantum physics is now sort of catching up with the great avatars, the great Vedic seers and the Kabbalists and all this, who've been saying this for 4,000 years. Um, and then I do, uh, I actually do the five, seven breathing um, to activate the parasympathetic. And then I love martial arts. So I have one uh, routine that's, developed by the Indonesian special forces. And it learned it from our friends at Vibravision that literally increase your energetic field. And so I do that in the morning also. And then I have a number of other things that I kind of little reminders throughout the day, including the heart math stuff, right? Like Brett and I, I mean, it's crazy if, if ourselves 10 years ago, we're looking at us now, but we will set an energetic field before we lead a, session for CEO groups or Navy SEAL or whoever. And we do, even did it before our call with you because there it's really palpable. And again, science is starting to show how we affect our environment more than just us, but our environment. So. Yeah. Je Jeff talked about the morning ritual, which I was that person, you know, a dozen years ago and before where I would just get up coffee go right to work, right? Maybe I'd drop my kids off at school, but I was constantly, like the minute I got up, I was thinking about the tasks of the day. And to be able to now shift in the way I treat my mornings, which start a little bit earlier than they used to, where I value that quiet time in the house before people are up and dogs are up. And, you know, that's my sacred time. I need 60 to 90 minutes in the morning between, you know, heart rate variability breathing, um, and we're measuring it. We, we mentioned the devices. So we, we, we want to make sure that, you know, our own experience that we have some data to support it. Um, I've added in, you know, multiple meditations throughout the day, in addition to the techniques that we lead for our clients. Um, I, I don't go as deep as the martial arts, but I do like to spend time in the morning doing, doing stretching, doing some light movement, some yoga, you know, it could be just as simple as body, you know, body weight stuff, push-ups or, 
or sit-ups just to get my blood flowing and going. Um, I've also started to describe, I was never a big reader growing up, but I now spend probably, you know, anywhere from 15 to 30 minutes in the morning reading something. Um, and, and then I, because I have a dog, I get to walk her. I make sure what Jeff knows, like if I'll get off a call, we're going for a walk. So there's this dog, my neighbors, you know, they like to kid me that this is the most walk dog in the neighborhood, but I literally will walk her three to four times a day. And, um, and then I I try to find uh, a segment at night where my wife can join me so that we can at least connect kind of one-to-one and catch up on the day and all the different things that are going on in our, you know, in our lives with our kids. Wonderful. Um, Wonderful. Those are, those are, those are very helpful. And and Brett, when you say that uh, you weren't a reader previously, but now you've become one, this leads to the last question, which are, what are the resources that you'd like to share with the world? What are the things that you would most recommend other people check out books, videos, you know, meditations, conferences, whatever it is. I mean, we're always going to promote heart focused breathing and the coherence techniques that we teach, obviously, because they're effective. Um, and so mm-hmm. we'll, we'll encourage, encourage your community to, um, you know, to connect with you or with us in terms of how they can learn more about that. It, you know, there's, there's immense benefits when we, you know, self-regulate ourselves. We see it every single day. The data supports it. Um, you know, we're big fans of Dr. Joe Dispenza, obviously his, his books, Breaking the Habit of Being Yourself. We know you are as well, Becoming Superhuman. These are, these are books that we regularly send out to clients and friends to, to consume. Um, I, I love Siddhartha. I've got Siddhartha on my, on my shelf behind me and, and the alchemists. Those two are, um, you know, ones that I love to go back to and, and read. Um, I've got the four agreements on my nightstand by Ruiz, which is just a classic, um, you know, the, the power of the power of now Eckhart Tolle, one of Jeff's favorites. Um, and then I just read a great book for, for, uh, it doesn't necessarily have to be just for the men, but I think it was written with more were more men involved. It was called We Need to Hang Out by Billy Baker, the Boston Globe writer. And it was just more about connection and the impact that loneliness is having in our society today. Um, it, I listened to it on Audible. I kind of go back and forth between Audible and reading, um, you know, the hard version in, in, in my hand. And then I'm I'm a avid podcast consumer. Uh, so it's wonderful to be a guest on these, but I, Michael Gervais, the finding mastery podcast is one that really enlightens me with all kinds of learnings every time I, you know, I, I tap into, into him. So thank you. Thank you, Michael, for what you do. Brett took all mine. Um, Brett, we were supposed to divide those. Thank you. Um, <laughs> you, you probably have my, a thousand more on your no, notes. <laughs> I, my podcast, definitely conscious entrepreneur is my the conscious entrepreneur is on your rotation. Yeah, Absolutely. Excellent. Um, I, I love all the, like the more ancient texts. I just think there's such wisdom, like the Bhagavad Gita. I think Yogananda, his writings, um, cause he brings them into more modern times. I think it's really powerful. Um, and I love quantum physics. I just think, you know, there's so much, you know, the, so is as below, so is above, right? That concept. And we're all connected. And I think if leaders really understood how truly connected we are, that there's no separation and even our, our, you know, mother guy, our planet, we would make different decisions. And, I think sometimes when there's science and data behind it, 
it wakes people up in a different way. Um, but yeah, those are a few of my, my favorites. Fan fantastic. Uh, well, Hey, what a, what a fun, inspiring and enlightening conversation on how to regulate our emotions, how to get in touch with our hearts, uh, how to take a moment, even just a brief moment out of a busy day to re-regulate ourselves and pull up our energy when, when we need to. This is really inspiring and fun. And I super appreciate both you, Jeff, and you, Brett, for coming here and sharing your wisdom and your insights uh, with all of us. Thank you. And, and thank You're you also well. for uh, continuing to support the Conscious Entrepreneur community, having been part of our version one Conscious Entrepreneur Summit in 2022. Great to see you both. And thanks so much for joining. Likewise. Thanks for having we're, us. We're on Alex. Team Alex. So anything you need, we're, we're huge fans. We love Absolutely. what you're doing in the world. This was fun. Awesome. Super appreciate you. I hope you enjoyed this episode of The Conscious Entrepreneur. If you're ready to go deeper into working on yourself, check out the upcoming events, articles, and resources on our website, which is ConsciousEntrepreneur.us. I'd also really like to thank the team at Hivecast for producing this episode. If you run a podcast and are looking for an awesome, full-service production company, make sure to check out Hivecast.